Live, my friend. What's up, Miles? All right. What's up, Sam? How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Thanks. You look How good. You looking good. How are things going? Uh, just enjoying quarantine life, man, as one does. <laughs> are you actually enjoying it, or is that is that a troll? <laughs> no, actually, quarantine's been pretty good to me. Yeah. I uh, there are certain things I miss. Yeah. Uh, but in general, you know, I enjoy my private time. Yeah, I got you. It's funny how that works. It's like I never I never used to want to be at home. But for some reason, when I do get my sort of time at home to myself, I, I like sitting down and just and just listening like to a podcast or watching a show or something like that. But, yeah, it's <laughs> now we have more time than ever to do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I moved into this place a little, a little bit more than a year ago now, um, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty small condo. I never expected I'd be spending this much time inside. Right. Uh, but here we are. Have you been listening to any uh, new music lately? Like, have you gotten the chance to um, to check any new stuff out? I know you send me things from time to time, but uh, what's what are you rocking to right now? Yeah, I, I mean, how I was, it, it's funny, right? Because, I mean, the older you get, I think the harder it is to discover new music all the time. Yeah. Um, it was always something that I kind of prided myself on in my younger years, you know, high school, college, straight out of school, because, um, you know, you're just kind of, you're surrounded by so many more people from different from different, you know, parts of the country or parts of the world or people with different interests and they, you know, present a lot more stuff to you. So I think it gets more challenging the older you get. I've actually talked with, you know, our sister about this, talked to Bethany about this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, it's, you know, so, so for me, the, the main way that I was, you know, discovering new music was mostly going to shows. Yeah. So it would just be kind of like a thing where I'd be like, oh, you know, I haven't I haven't seen a show in a while. I'd love to go out Friday night. So I'd see what was playing in some of the local live houses. And I'd go, you know, I'd, ch- I'd listen to two or three YouTube tracks or whatever it might be, SoundCloud. And then I'd go check out some, some sort of, you know, some, some small bands. Yeah. I'm not a big, I'm not a big, like, you know, uh, sort of, big ticket act kind of guy. I'm not like a let's go see the Rolling Stones now kind of guy for $1,000 a ticket. But I do like going to the local shows and, you know, just picking up a ticket for 20 bucks and listening to sort of an up-and-coming band. Yeah. And then the cool yeah. part about that is then you get to hear, like, you know, maybe, you know, one or two, at least one or two opening acts. And that's, I mean, that's generally how I was doing it. So to be honest, man, yeah, I'm kind of more limited in new music these days. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's it's tough for me too because it's like I'm so used to a certain genre. I think I mean I I think this is probably true of anybody. Anybody who came from a certain place has their number one thing. Like I, when you skateboard, you listen to punk rock music or or vice versa or whatever it is. But it's just like that's 
that's kind of the the background that brought me into the music world and especially you know nowadays it's like i've gone back to older bands that are sort of defined punk and made it what it is like i mean it's it's so crazy to think that a lot of these bands have still stood the test of time like i mean you and i are huge alice and chains fans so it's like yeah and i was just reading about lane staley today and i'm like man this guy really he had he had something to say but it was just like so short-lived and it's such a, it stinks it really stinks because he was he was a phenomenal uh, vocalist and lyricist and it just it speaks to me today more than i think it ever has yeah it's funny you say that because i think one of the things about punk music like punk wasn't really the first genre that i came into um yeah. i mean green day was super popular i mean green day jumped on the scene when i was like i don't know maybe nine or ten and that was probably one of the most you know popular albums that dookie album um yep it was like it was like an intro i know i mean i know that's sort of like a foundational album for you as well but the um, yeah for sure i think i think it's funny now to for me to go back and listen to some of these bands you know that might have inspired a green day or whatnot some of these like british bands from the 70s and and, and you you know bands that i wasn't familiar with growing up and i listen to them now you know, and these are like established. If I would have been in the scene, I would have known much more about this. But like, I listened to one of their songs for the first time, and I mean, you'd think it would be like a, you'd think it would be a Billboard top twenty track right now. Yeah. You know, so I definitely hear what you're saying in terms of how, how some of that, some especially some of those tracks are incredibly timeless. You know, there's there's a certain yeah. like yeah angst. There's a certain angst and a, and a, and then. You know, I think in a lot of that British stuff, there's that there's that undercurrent of melancholy, which I think is really uh, sort of, you know, permanent and timeless. Mm. I mean, and I always wanted to ask you, um, you know, because I know that you've been writing for a good chunk of your life in in journals and uh, I had wondered when you write something down because it it, it kind of happens for me today like I, even today i was searching through my old uh, notebook of songs and i'm looking through and i'm looking through and i'm like man i am it's just it's crazy to think that that's who i was as opposed to who i am now and you know e even in just a few short years it's just my writing has completely dwarfed what i've said previously in in different songs you know it, i think i think that the like you said the angst is still there and maybe the message is kind of still there but definitely the terminology and things that i have picked up has translated into these new songs that are going to be on the new soda album and uh, I had wondered if you had kind of related to that yourself, you know, as you go, because, you know, you've traveled, you've traveled a good part of the world, man. And it's, it's insane that uh, it's insane that I get to talk to you and kind of be a part of that little story. It's nice. It's nice to hear. Well, I, on the writing stuff, I mean, it's funny because, you know, I mean, you were with me when I was home this last, this last over the summer and, 
yeah and yeah. found some of these old journals and stuff and it's um it, it's interesting and maybe it's very it's very it's very much related to that point of why some things last right it's because i i think that in reading back on you know things that i was writing when i was 14 or 18 or 22 or these different sort of stages of my life um how i wrote about them has sort of changed and perhaps become a bit more i don't know articulate uh in terms of expressing myself but like a lot of the underlying themes and you know, a lot of the under the undercurrent of sort of emotions and the struggles that everybody goes through you know i mean a lot of that you know i mean not to over you know over psychoanalyze this stuff but like you know you, you know you, most adults spend spend their life unpacking shit that's been with them for a long time you know what i mean yeah uh yes there are those of us that have immediate traumas that need to that we need to deal with at certain stages or that come into our lives um and those are very tough and confronting but i think you know for a lot of people it's it's you know it's it's just it's a constant you know you're constantly sort of battling your demons and i think that comes out you know when you look at great writers when you look at great musicians when you look at music in particular that resonates with wide audiences right it's it's part of that honesty and that general message that connects with people yeah yeah no it's it's unbelievable i mean especially since you know i've been on stage since i was probably 13 i'd say and it's it's interesting to see how i've changed as a musician how i've changed my perspective of like a show and an audience and, and definitely I'll ask you that same question. Do you, do you think that when you get older, you learn to let go of the little things, like more little things you tend to like sort of ease into a situation or do you tend to stress out about it more? Cause I, I when I get up on stage, it's a completely different world for me. Everything else is just nope. I I, I don't know. Right? That's a really you know that's a really personal question. I think in terms of just you know people are going to react differently. Yeah, it's everybody's wired a certain different way, you know. And I I would I would venture that mo you know for most people it's like probably a lot of the small things disappear fall by the wayside, but then there's probably a couple of those little bugaboos that are gonna. They're just always going to needle people, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. People are, and, and may even ratchet up and become, they may become, you know, even more uh, bothered by them in sort of later years. Whether you're like one of these movie stars that only wants like, you know, blue M&Ms or whatever it is. I mean, who knows? But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting question to turn back on, on you because you know, as you were saying, in your own personal journey, you've with music, you've also ventured now, in part driven by Corona, but also for other reasons, into doing more, you know, more solo stuff, more stuff on your own. Yeah. Um, which I know has been you sort of stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's, uh, 
I mean, I'm sure you're sort of experiencing that in a much more uh, visceral sense in these in these like uh, weeks and months. It's different, man. It's I never once said to myself, "I'm gonna go write a solo record. I'm gonna go do this and that, or and and see where this goes." It was never. <clears throat> it just wasn't me, you know. I for so long I had been. I had been with just the bands, you know, I was in the band and that's it. And, you know, but what was interesting about those songs and, you know, you've heard the songs obviously. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see things from your perspective, from people who don't know me, uh, get their perspective. And it, it's, you know, they're very complimentary and sometimes they're not so complimentary, but it helps me grow as an artist so that I can take what I learn and put what I've learned into a soda song. If I, if I, you know, decide to write something for them or, or for myself or whatever it may be. Uh, it's very interesting to see the changes in writing when I go from one thing to another. So, I think that's I think that's really cool. I, I think that's an area of sort of you know personal growth for you that is is uh, is fun to, is fun to watch from the outside. But obviously, as you're going through it, I'm sure there's twists and turns to it. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, it's it's kind of like I mean, it's, and you know, I would just encourage you to keep doing that, right? And keep, yeah. keep you know going outside of your circle because I know that you have like a very strong sort of social circle that supports you. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. and that in some ways is probably a gift and a curse, right? I mean, it's, for sure. They're, they're always going to be there for you, but at the same time, if you really want to challenge yourself and, uh, and do some, some newer and bigger things that maybe you had not considered before, yeah. uh, you, you're going to need to, you're going to need to perhaps go outside of that circle. So. Yeah, and I mean it's it's funny that you say that because I, I was contemplating things. <clears throat> you know, there was a time where I had thought, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, there's yeah, you told me that everybody's busy. You know, they got kids, they got a life. You know, and, and not that that's wrong. Everything that's awesome. You know, people are moving on. You know, whatever. But it's just like starting over for me for like a third time or a fourth time would be, it would be tough because it's like at the same time, you don't want to disappoint people, but you also don't want to disappoint yourself. And trying to find that balance is absolutely ridiculously hard to do for me. For me, it's hard. But Sure. I mean, I think, you know, <clears throat> again, we talked about this <clears throat> a little bit over the summer, but yeah, I mean, you obviously have a very strong, <clears throat> excuse me, strong bond, you know, with Soda and with your bandmates. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you've been playing with those guys for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think that's all and well, but you need to sort of compartmentalize that and, and think about, you know, what's outside of that box. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, you know, you're you're still a very young guy. You yeah. think about some. You think about some of these bands that have you know replaced 
drummers and front front singers and you know lead guitarists you know 20 30 years on yeah imagine how crazy that must be you know what I mean? Imagine being God. like, imagine being the Grateful Dead, and all of a sudden Jerry Garcia is not there. Oh my word! You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. how do you even consider yourself? I mean, obviously they didn't keep playing as the Grateful Dead, but yeah. uh, I mean, you know, it's it's not to say that it can't be done. I know you're, I know you're, uh, I know you're going through it, thinking about doing other things, exploring other avenues with music. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I would, you know. I've been saying this from the beginning. I'd encourage you to keep doing it, whether it's whether it's you know on your own and growing in that space, or also just you know connecting with new people, mm. seeing seeing where they take you. Yeah. Maybe they'll teach you something. Maybe they'll maybe they'll teach you what you don't like. Who knows? You know what I mean? That's yeah. the other thing, right? So yeah, there's lots of lots of ways that that can help you along your along your path. And I think I just. I just hate for yeah. I just I mean I think it would just be a waste to see you lose music as it is in your life right now. Yeah, especially now, especially now. It's it's it probably affected my writing more than more than ever. I mean, it's so funny. I used to write songs in like fifteen minutes, Miles. Like, and now I'm actually taking more. It's like when you get. When you get some maybe shark feet, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's and like sometimes when, it doesn't have to be algebra, man. No, I know it's like it's like when you get food, like at a restaurant or something like that. It's like you're either starving and you just chow it down, or you take the time to save the flavor. <laughs> it's like so with these songs, it's like I'm paying more attention to to what I'm saying. I think, and um, I'm hoping that shows through. And because you know, for those who don't know, I have a batch of songs that I'm probably going to come out with on my own. Make that little announcement today. <laughs> uh, now that my my brother is on the podcast, it's boom, I, big I know, drop. Now you need a siren that goes off. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I'm 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 glad that I got to tell you first. So that's uh. You know, you've always been a big support, and I appreciate it. And uh, it's been awesome. Cool, man. We need like a we need like the Gazebo Nights un- unplugged album. Man, that would be game. cool. How cool are those unplugged shows, man? They're I mean, they're awesome. That was uh, this was. I mean, I'm sure you've gone back and looked at these, but it was. I mean, it was even in my early years it was in my like sort of pre-teen years that yeah. mtv was, was unplugged yeah so. yeah and that 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 mtv nirvana unplugged i think is 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 probably one of the best performances the best music i've you know heard i mean that album i can that's what i can turn that on and listen to it front to back no matter where i am or what i'm doing yeah that's insane it's 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 like uh, you know, it, it it it's very rare that you can listen to a song in different settings and it's still gonna hit. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's uh, I have albums like that. There's one album in particular. I couldn't even listen to it at one point because it was like, it just brought back floods of bad memories. But now it's one of my favorite albums of all time, and it's 
It's the Wilder Minds album by um, Mumford and Sons. And it's that album completely changed the direction of where they were as opposed to now where they're going. And it's like listening to that album now, I was probably, I don't know what year that came out. I, I think I'm going to say I was either 18 or 19 when that album came out. But I didn't connect with it until years later when I was going through some things and it was just like, I couldn't listen to it without crying. I mean, it sounds cheesy or whatever, but it's just like, it, it, if you're going through a certain situation and like you said, something hits, it just, that's just how it happens. And yeah, uh, some of that stuff really favorite. anchors itself to a moment and an emotion at a particular time in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, there are definitely there are definitely songs that I listen to that take me to a specific point of my life uh, every time I hear it. You know, does it take you um, to like you know? As I mentioned before, you've traveled a great deal. Did you? Does it take you to different places, like in the country, or just in your childhood? Uh, it's, it's a good question, Sammy. I think, um, it, it's interesting. It makes me think, I wonder if, if people generally, if those songs anchor better when you're in more of a sort of negative emotional space, mm. right? So perhaps it's song, perhaps, no, I'm not sure songs, you know, really you connect more with songs and you. You anchor that, you know, like your breakup, your classic breakup yeah. song or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And you, and you play it a thousand times or whatever as a kid. And then and then that song always is sort of rooted with that. Mm. Whereas those songs that are, that are, that, you know, are more tethered to uh, great experiences, happy, positive memories. Um, I wonder if they, if, if the chords are not latched quite as tightly. It's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are certain songs. Uh, I mean, there are definitely a lot of songs that bring me to positive places. Yeah. But I don't know that I don't know that the connection is as, uh, you know, is as rooted as it is maybe with some of those songs that you know all of us have that really like harken back to a to a particular sort of dark. I was. I was th I was listening to the song uh, like Sugar Ray came on my my phone the other day, and uh, that's who you're named after, right? <laughs> 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 um, and uh, it brought me back to when my mom and I used to go to uh, Maine, and we would always go to York, and just you know just the two of us. But it seemed like every time. We went over there. That song would come on the radio, and so now every time it comes on, it takes me back to like, oh my god, I'm driving down the strip and I'm driving by the beach and uh, Liquid Dreams, surf shops, and like all this other stuff. And it, like, it just, I never really left there. I always have a place there. I think about it all the time. And, you know, it's it's the same with, like, going to Maine, you know, with, with you, you know, and, and, you know, Bethany and Carrie and certainly mom and dad. And it's, 
it's just crazy to think that these certain moments in time are defied by what I was listening to at the time. Like even back then when I was a kid, I was still connected with those songs. It's insane. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> and to spin this out wider than us, you know, one of the cool things about living down here in DC is that DC has a very organic, uh, genre of music that evolved here um, really from rooted in the 60s, 70s, and then who grew in the 80s um, by this DC go-go music. I'm not sure how familiar familiar you might be with it. It's, it's, it's really, I hadn't really heard much about go-go until I moved to DC, but it's kind of a mix of like funk and and R&B and like early hip hop. Um, and then it's like also sort of jam bandy in the sense that it really grew out of backyard parties in relatively, you know, back in the day when DC was Chocolate City and in some of these tough neighborhoods, people would have these block parties um, and anybody who had an instrument would just come out and then you'd start jamming. And there'd be right. like one guy on the mic who was kind of emceeing and kind of like, you know, kind of half-ass rapping. Um, and then it sort, of, it sort of like emerged from that um, and was really led by this dude named Chuck Brown. Oh. Um, but there's there's probably, you know, there's like maybe a half dozen really quintessential bands. And it's funny because, you know, every summer, uh, I mean, they, these guys used to be performing like every night. Right? I mean, they were the they were the hot ticket. Like yeah. everybody yeah. was out of these clubs. It's it's obviously sort of slowed down. And of course, now it's, there's no 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 music really. But in the summer and in the summers that I've been down here, I mean, one of the most popular things to do is still go to these sort of like backyard band sort of you know like live outdoor go go concerts. And it's very much meant to be like a community event where people hang out, and it's still very loose and very free. But when you're in when you're in the audience, you know, like I look around and I see people my age, younger, older, that know all the lyrics of these songs. That's insane. And I'm and I'm like and I'm like I've never heard this song before in my life, <laughs> you know. Um, but for them, it's very much like rooted in in the, in the you know, I mean, it's, it's part of their upbringing. Right. Um, and it's it's exactly probably those moments, those summer backyard barbecue type moments that that uh, that that always probably comes up into their mind. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just I mean, it's, it's one of the really cool things about about music, you know, for sure. Yeah. I always wanted to ask you. Uh, when we when you and I met up in D.C. a couple of years back. Um, I mean, that, that was super, super cool for me. Like, that was awesome. Like, just a little point in time, it was like, you had time to come over, you had time to meet me. It was, it was dope. What was the name of that place that we were at? Do you remember? Is it the Pentagon Mall? Yeah, we're in Pentagon City. Pentagon City. Okay. I, because I'm going back in my mind and I'm like, when we pulled up to the spot, right, me and my boys, it was like, we pull up and I'm like, looking around, I'm like, I know where we are. 
And so we get out, you know, whatever. You, you and I get food, get a couple of beers, chop it up for a while. Yeah, your two buddies sit there silently next to us like weirdos. <laughs> no offense to those dudes if they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they're not very social. <laughs> they are when you know them, but when you don't, and there's a lot of people around, it's like, uh. <laughs> but, no, when it was so funny. So when I left, like, you know, when you and I said goodbye or whatever, I I walked into uh, the mall to use the bathroom. And I'm looking around, and everything, like, started to feel familiar. And I, I'm like, I know exactly where I am. We went to that same mall, like, 10 years ago on the D.C. trip when I was in eighth grade. The same mall, dude. And I'm looking around. I'm like, I went to that store. I've been here, here, here. It was just, it was such a funny moment that uh, we just, we just happened to like be at the same place at the same time. And that was the first. I don't even remember why it was. I don't really remember, man. I think it may have been that I was out visiting a friend that was like right there. And I was on my way back. Because I'm never... I'm honestly, I rarely if ever cross a bridge. How funny is that, dude? I never go to the Virginia side of anything. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but I remember that I was also supposed to meet someone, and she thought I was bullshitting her that I was like, "No, my stepbrother's in town." I kind of like canceled on her last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't really remember, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. What a weird place to meet, but anyway. Yeah, it's hilarious. But no, I was like, and you know what, dude? That's that's the first place that I ever told a girl that I loved her. And oh, I knew, man. I knew. Ex- well, what song was playing then? Oh, I don't remember, dude. It was in the mall. <laughs> I could. It was all white noise. All I heard was me talking to her, and that was it. <laughs> but no, it was just so funny that it happened to be that place. I was like, this is freaky. <laughs> I can't, I can't do this. But anyway. The um, girl still works there at the Cinnabon. <laughs> Serving it up. <laughs> no, she actually she actually ended up with a best friend of mine, which is funny. <laughs> Jesus, this is a twisted story, man. Such is life, my friend. Such that is was life. A pretzel pun. <laughs> twisted and salty. <laughs> oh man. But uh now I, I I know we got to wrap this up because you said you only have a little bit. So, um, but uh, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you, I I asked you a question before you left this summer. It's kind of a serious one, um, you know, and I kind of felt a little ridiculous about asking it after I even after it came out of my mouth. But but it was just like. To me, growing up, there's so many different kinds of family, you know, and it's it's like I've I always felt not not like insuperior, I guess is the wrong word, but like I just felt intimidated about intelligence, and I not that I think I'm stupid or anything, but it's like I guess. Do you find when you're around certain people that you 
don't feel up to the task of like speaking to them of like having a normal conversation because it's you respect them too much or does it feel like does it feel like you want to talk to them because they've sort of mentored you um um i mean i would say you know in my experience there are and especially here with you know, some of the people that I work with, my, you know, my superiors, my senior staff, people that have been doing this sort of stuff for many more years than I have, or, or just, I mean, there are just a number of really bright people that I work with. I mean, there are times where I'm like very aware that I am the least knowledgeable person in the room. Yeah. And I am the, I am probably, uh, you know, the, the the last person that should probably speak on an issue because everybody else in there is is just more experienced and more knowledgeable on it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I had like a similar conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and I think the I you know there's like a, there's like this societal pressure to you know to I don't know to to be an equal or to prove your worth or your merit um which is natural i think i mean it's in, in some ways it's sort of primal but at, at the same time i i think the you know what i always respect and the lesson that i've tried to learn in my time is you know you're much better off just admitting things you don't know about than trying to blow smoke up somebody's ass yeah. and try to try to sound knowledgeable you know yeah. what i mean yeah um and at the same time, if there are certain things that you're interested in, uh, you know, and and or or certain positions or principles that you hold, you know, I think you should put in the work to deepen your knowledge on on that and strengthen your argumentative skills on that. Mm. Right. So, I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm, now I'm sort of drawing on this other conversation I was having, but. It, it's basically about, you know, okay, you know, I feel like sometimes people think that they need to have an opinion on everything, which, which you know, I, I think is kind of bullshit. Um, but at the same time, if you're going to make a strong statement or if you're going to, you know, if you're going to, you know, build your hill to die on, then, uh, you know, then, then be ready to be challenged by somebody. Yeah. Um, so, so to me, that's kind of the, the, I don't know, the two sides of the coin, right? It's like, it is to one, like, just admit you don't know something, right? And then on the, on the other time, if you want to be seen as somebody who's, you know, an authority type, um, you know, who, who's an expert on something, then do your homework and be ready to defend yourself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's how I look at it. I mean, I felt. It's like I felt like such an idiot after I even asked you that question. It was like, it's like, I, but I had to, in my mind at that point, it's like, I never feel like I measure up to anybody, which is horrible because, you know, I know that I'm doing the best that I can. But at the same time, it's like, you shouldn't throw stones at a glass house. It's like you just got to let it be. And, you know, I mean, 
I, you know, you know that I love you and I, I think the world of you. And it was just like, you know, I'm just yeah, happy. And I, I think, I think that, you know, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist, you know, but I think like the thing is, is, you know, it's important for you if you have those, you know, those feelings, those emotions, right? You gotta, you gotta like, uh, you gotta voice them and you gotta sort of, you know, think through them yeah. and talk through them with people. Um, yeah. and that's the only healthy way to do it. That's what uh, I mean. Like, I'm just, I'm so happy that, you know, now we have a really like a solider relationship, you know, than then, than when we were younger, as anybody does, you know, it, it's, well, yeah, you're a man now, you're not a kid. No, I know. It's, it's just, it's nice to, and especially with this podcast, it's nicer for me to get to know more people. And, you know, like you said, just sort of take that time to take in more knowledge and really get to understand how people tick. You know, that's the message of the podcast, just to figure out how people work and how they do their thing. You know, whether you're in business or comedy or music or, or uh, poetry or whatever it is that you're doing, it's, it's great. It's a great journey so far, man. It's been a crazy year for the podcast. Well, cool, I mean, I think the coolest part to me, I think the, 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 you know, maybe the hidden value in all of this, right, is that you're going to have this archive. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly, dude. And it's funny because when you asked about my journals, whenever I wrote any of those things, whenever I write, even when I write now, which is much less, but on occasion, uh, it's always this thought in the back of my head. You know, I've been asked before, like people are like, "Who's ever going to read it? You're ever going to go back and read these?" And I'm like, "No, probably not." But uh, it'd be cool if like my grandkids or like great grandkids yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. And then I realized that it'd be kind of weird. This is going to be talking about like, like a horny sixteen-year-old or something. But you know, hey, <laughs> now whatever helps them fucking connect, you know? Right. Um. But the, you know, at the same time, um, you know, having having dealt with the loss of, of you know, my, my father's mom and grandmother over the summer, um, you know, it's just a, it's sort of a, a very timely reminder um, that, you know, getting to listen to people tell stories and express their opinions and even just to hear their voice, um, you know, those are fleeting moments. Uh, so, you know, to the extent that you can, you know, you continue to do this and, 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 you know, build the pod. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really cool, man. And, you know, I mean, even if, even if you, if you, if you stop, you know, tomorrow, I think, you know, you'll have something that you can look back on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it'll, it'll capture a moment in time, you know, which I think will be, which will be really cool. 100%. 100%. All right, man. Well, I, uh, God, that's, it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you for taking the time, my friend. I appreciate it. All right, Sam Clapton. I love you, bro. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk Take to you. Take care. I'll talk, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, bye.